I want to start by asking you a question. Uh, what do you do with something new and unknown? Something completely new, unknown, out of your life experience or training. When you're facing something new and unknown, what do you do? You know what I've learned to do these days a little bit more than I used to is just get on YouTube. My wife helps me with that. She goes, just check it out on YouTube. So we had a leaky water valve outside above ground. You know, how hard could that be, right? PVC pipe, you know, just get a new valve until you go to the Home Depot and find out they have two sizes. You ever do that? Then you got to come back, measure, go back again, or you get the one size and, ah, it's the other size. But I mean, how hard can it be? You just kind of cut it. And I saw the guy on YouTube, he got this special cutter thing, right? Like a wrench, a ratcheting wrench with this really sharp blade. And I get it home and unwrap it and I have all the parts laid out and I'm kind of trying to ratchet. The thing wouldn't ratchet. So I'm kind of holding it with both hands, trying to keep it, you know. And all of a sudden, as I'm getting close to what I think is going to be breaking through the pipe, you know, and it's just going to cut nice and clean and put it, it cracks and it doesn't cut through. And I'm going like, that's not what happened on the video. That's not what he was showing me. I got the right tool. I'm doing the right thing. And it cracks. I'm like, ah. And I'm going like, I only had a half hour because we have Henry's two-year-old birthday party to go to. I'm like, I'm out of time. And and I had to shut the water off. Well, now now I have to keep the water off. And then we had something that night. And I'm going like, okay, now we don't have water. And I don't know when we're going to be able to get it. And so then I thought of the expert that I called earlier in the day. And he said for 160 bucks, he could... He could fix it. I'm like, I ain't going to spend 160 bucks. To... Guess what? <laughs> so I called him real quick, and he had time, and he could come out right away. And I'm like, I'm not even going to be here, but I don't know what to do. And it cracked, and I know I had the right tool. And, and uh, he said, well, I'll only charge you. I guess he had grace in his heart. I don't know. <laughs> he said, I don't to charge you 80 bucks. I'm like, oh, that'd be great. And so I laid out all the parts and left a check for him, and he fixed it. And he said, turn your water back, back on when you get home. And I didn't. Everything's running smooth. There's no water running down the front of our lawn now in big puddles. You know, but sometimes you face things, you think, I can, I can get this, I can do this. And you don't like feeling like you don't know something. And, you know, you can be, you know, pretty smart and go check out a YouTube video and then do it yourself. Well, I've understood the more I've done home projects that, one, it's multiple trips to Home Depot, multiple. No matter what, you can measure and then you didn't think of one thing and you get there and you're like, Oh, well, I didn't, are the wires supposed to be this gauge or this gauge? Like, I don't know. And I got to tell you this one story. So I went over to this one guy and I said, well, okay, there's three quarter inch and one inch. But, you know, it's like, I, we're, I'm sure we're just like a normal home or whatever. What do most of them? He goes, oh, most are three quarters. They get home, inch. Anyway. <laughs> but when you're facing stuff, you don't know. Like, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, I think you do. No, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do, you don't know that. You don't know how physically, you know, what could happen in this world or in your own life. We don't know. God knows. You don't know what's going to happen in 2018, right? You're hoping some good things. You may even set up some, some goals for yourself and for your family, but you don't know. God knows. So when you're facing things that are unknown and new to you, like a new year and like challenges that you may have never faced before, your family's never faced before, what do you do? Well, you know what scripture tells us to do? to trust God and to look to him to lead us. And as I was thinking about, you know, what kind of message would be fitting, you know, post-Christmas, before New Year's, in this time where you're probably catching your breath, right? From running around crazy and parties and food and too many calories and all that. You're still in a sort of comatose. It's, it's a good time to reflect. And it's a good time to think about, well, what was this last year like for me? And 
did I include the Lord in this last year like I could have and should have? What did I learn and maybe what do I apply now as I move forward? Even beyond all of that, as I was kind of thinking that through, I thought that the greatest truth for me is to know that I don't have to walk into 2018 by myself. Now you think, well, you know, you're married, you have your kids. And I'm talking about I don't have to walk into it without God and without his help. I don't have to go in blind. I don't have to, you know, check out YouTube and YouTube and YouTube and YouTube and find out I still don't have the right parts or apparently PVC pipe over time, you have to saw it, you can't clip it. You know, I learned that, you know, I have to worry about the unknowns and my lack of training or know-how when I follow the God who created this universe and actually sustains it this very moment and sustains me. I have a God to walk with into this next year. I have a good shepherd. Now, some of you, right when I say that, you go like, oh, I know that psalm. I've heard that at funerals, or I've, I've, I've seen that in a coffee cup. Like Psalm 23 is about this good shepherd who looks out for us, like a good shepherd looks out for a sheep. So I want to spend some time, and I hope kind of slowly, going through these truths that are found in this great psalm of King David about God being an awesome, awesomely good shepherd to us, and that you don't have to walk into the unknown, into the new this year, on your own, trying to fake it till you make it, be strong enough, be smart enough, be, you know, out in front of it all and power up. You can just look to the one who's looking out for you. So we're going to look at Psalm 23. So if you grab your Bibles or just look on the screen, I want to read these verses, that whole Psalm, just six verses, and then we'll kind of pick it apart a little bit and try to mine deeply the truths of God's word. Psalm 23, verse one, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So really the most basic truths and all the other truths kind of fall under this one. The Lord will shepherd me and meet my needs. That's that verse, verse one. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. A shepherd's Joy is safe and healthy sheep, right? That's what they're there to do. <laughs> Protect the sheep, feed the sheep. Um, there's wool that comes when you have healthy sheep. That's a blessing. There's milk that comes. Like You just want to protect the sheep, keep them healthy, keep them fed. And a sheep's great joy is just good food and plenty of it, right? And water that doesn't move too fast. I've learned that about sheep. They, they get skittish they get scared of running water so even streams shepherds would often go and dam up parts of the stream so it would pool up and become very gentle so that sheep would feel comfortable drinking from the water from the stream some people in this world though have trouble not feeling totally self-sufficient in themselves they have trouble with the whole idea of a shepherd looking out for you a shepherd that is trying to provide for your needs because I'm supposed to provide for my needs. And maybe 
you saw that from your parents or from others in life where you just look around and you think, that, well, the people I respect are the ones that got a nail, the ones that got to figure it out, the ones that are making the money, the ones that are driving those cars, the ones that, and whatever definition we give to those people that we think are successful, and we feel like, well, you know, I want to be like that or I want to be self-sufficient. And we, we pull ourselves out from under the blessing, protection, and provision of God in saying, I don't need God, I don't need your help. In fact, in fact, it makes me feel weak to even have those kinds of thoughts. But what a joy it is, and if you can remember back, the day that you recognized you didn't have to live under the tyranny and the burden and the crushing weight of having to be your own God, to have it figured out, to lead yourself, to be the captain of your own destiny, but then to still have those questions lurking in your mind, like, what if there is a God? And what if he actually is a God of love and he wants to know me and he made a provision for that? And what if I didn't have to try to, you know, earn his love or perfection or pretend he's not there or try to go through life actually without his love and grace in my life? What a joy to recognize that he wants to be a shepherd to all the people that he's created. Because you know that Scripture is very clear. He creates us in his image, in his very unlikeness. He's designed us to have a relationship with him. And it kind of makes sense. You know, the, the maker, the creator, and those that he's made and created, that we're made in his likeness with personality and free will. We don't have to choose God. We can run our own way and kind of run our own world. Or we can say, wait, God, this is your world, and you're sustaining it, and you can sustain me. And you're promising to be a good shepherd, a good shepherd, that will always bring good into my life, and I can trust you and I can be confident in you. And I don't have to try to impress or be strong for you. In fact, you're the one with all the strength. You're the one with all the provision. You said you would be my shepherd and I shall not want, meaning you'll meet my needs. So when you think of your life, has that been a struggle for you? Maybe your background, maybe you haven't learned about God wanting to be your shepherd or learned that it's his arms open wide that we sung about. It's his grace that he wants to give to forgive you of your wrongs and your sin and your wanderings like sheep do, right? To be the good shepherd that will actually know where you are and take good care and keep track of you. The Lord is our shepherd and he meets our needs. And how does he, how does he do that? Now he gets into some specifics. The first is that he gives us peace and rest. We see that in verse, verse 2 and 3. He makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. This world, its demands and its expectations are pretty relentless. Do you agree? Pretty relentless. Because everyone else is talking about efficiency and productivity and getting ahead and bottom line and protecting your future and protecting your retirement and everything else, right? And it's, it's all about getting there faster and with more till you finally realize you've raced through life, you've missed the most important things, you don't have the relationships maybe at the level that you want, and, and you may have missed a relationship with God in an effort to reach and to chase and to get, and you start worshiping the things of society instead of the one who created you and created this world. God has designed us for work and to work hard. Yes, he's the one who gives you the abilities that you have. He's the one that gave you the strength to get up today and to walk here and drive here. And he's the one that sustains your life. Sometimes we think life is a given. It's actually a gift. And every day we're given the gift of life. We should say, thank you, God, that you have given me breath today, that you, again, sustain and keep this world balanced, that life can exist and I can exist in your, 
your world and on this planet with, within your creation. And I can recognize that and I can work from that place and work hard, but I'm also made for rest. I'm made for those green pastures. And sometimes we don't think we've worked hard enough to earn the green pasture life, <laughs> that we deserve a quiet water moment. we got to keep chasing because if we don't, because we're looking out for ourselves because no one else is, we, we don't allow ourselves that. But when God says, no, I'm looking out for you. I'm the good shepherd. I created you to know me, and I will meet your needs. I want you to lie down right now. I want you to enjoy the grass under your feet. I want you to look into this quiet water and see the reflection of my beauty and my grace. I want you to think about the things that you kind of blow by at your pace, looking for something more meaningful or something to deliver you when I'm the one who will carry you and deliver you and give you the fullest of meaning in your life. I can fulfill you. I created you. Both work and rest are good. Both sweat and calm are good. Both rugged paths that are steep and hard and call the best of your abilities, but also level paths that are easy to walk and you can pick up a flower and notice a squirrel and check out the landscape and look at the mountains and feel the breeze on your face and see God and his beauty and look next to the person that you're walking with and see the beauty of God's creation in them or look into a grandchild's face and see the beauty of God's creation in them or look into your son's and daughter's face and see the beauty of God and want more and more your hearts to connect with them. And you go like, wow, I, I think I understand why green pastures and still waters are important so I can taste and see and enjoy God and the rest of his creation. Rather than looking to be impressed by what man creates, being taken up with what God creates, to soak in his beauty. That's what I think he's referring to. Those things restore your soul. Now, some people are trying to make a lot of money on helping you relax, getting the right massage, and as often as possible, and this smell, and this thing, and hot rocks, and then cold rocks, and then medium temperature rocks on your body. I mean, there's some recognition that we're going crazy chasing stuff, and at times we need to just put rocks on our body. Okay, but what God is actually saying is there's a restoration that happens below just your body feeling a little more loose is it's the restoration of your heart and your soul that God touches. Because no one else can touch that. But God moves in through his Holy Spirit, and he, he encourages your heart. He lifts you. His arms open wide to receive you and to tell you you're loved, you're important to him, you matter to him. That's restoration, isn't it, you guys? You can't get that from a book, a series, an acquisition, any kind of amount of money. It doesn't provide that. God will take care of those things. He says, I want to restore your soul. Are you needing your soul to be restored today. Do you see the value of reflecting on your life and on God's reality and God's presence? And if you do, then you'll understand the good shepherd, he brings about good things. He has great pastures when it's time to lay down and he has quiet waters for me to sit by and to reflect on his goodness and he'll restore those deep places in my soul where there's pain or regret or heartache or just loneliness or emptiness. He wants to fill and restore us. And I think that our shepherd wants to give us that peace and rest 
constantly. What a great truth that is, right? We don't have to get frazzled and at the end of our rope. We don't have to run like crazy and finally get empty and onto the fumes. That each day he wants to give us that peace and rest. And it's found in him and knowing him, not performing for him, not cleaning up our act to be good enough to be accepted by him. Jesus did all that work because <laughs> he was perfectly holy and righteous on our behalf, right? See the difference? It's just accepting that and saying, Jesus, you took my sin, but you give me your righteousness. You took the garbage and my wrongs and my hurts and my regrets. You took all that to the cross and paid for it. You took the punishment I deserved. And in, in replacement, you give me peace and rest and grace and you fill me and you lead me and you restore my soul. It's pretty awesome. It gets better, though. <laughs> he gives me leadership and protection. The next verse, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God's paths are always righteous and good. When God is leading, and you, you know the teaching of his word, and you're trying to follow that, he's going to lead you on good paths. They're righteous paths. They're life-giving paths. They don't rip people off. They don't rip off and hurt others in relationship. They're not selfish. They're not covetous. They're not unforgiving ways. They're life-giving, positive, good ways, just like God. And he wants to lead us on those kinds of paths. He wants to heal the hurts through his goodness and through his love. But even when you and I have to walk down a hard path, and really especially when we do, God says he walks with us. We don't have to live in fear. For you are with me. He walks those paths, even though they're shadows of death. You know, as we get older in life, you go like, yeah, well, one day I'm not going to be here. One day my day has come. God has an appointed day for each one of us. We don't have to worry about changing that. Oh, I live in fear that day. It's just like, no, it's already been appointed. But we can have peace until that day because he walks with us. When, you know, this last year, you, you guys have lost loved ones. You know, we see tragedies in this world. I mean, there's huge loss of life at times, but we don't have to fear death and we don't have to fear that that could happen to someone around us or in our world. Of course it does. But when Christ said that he conquered sin, death, and the enemy, Satan, on the cross, he meant it, and it's a truth that gives us great comfort. He's conquered death, so we don't have to live in fear of it. We don't have to live in fear of that day. We don't have to live in fear of sin taking control in our life and becoming, it's like, no, Christ will sustain us to the end. We can't fall out of a relationship with God because we're not performing well enough for him. We walk with God, and when we stumble, he picks us up and he restores us. He fixed the, fixes the, you know, to use the analogy that, that King David gives us in the psalm, you know, he, the split hoof, he mends the split hoof. You have a broken leg, he carries you on his shoulders. He uses the staff to pull you back from the edge of the cliff. He knows how to protect you. He knows when the enemy's coming. He knows when the shadow of death or darkness or sin or difficulty is going to be part of your next day or your next week. But you don't have to fear because he's out in front of you. And like he said in John chapter 10, the shepherd leads the sheep. He doesn't drive the sheep from behind. He leads them with his voice. They know his voice. Jesus knows his sheep and his sheep know him. And you know his voice. And the sheep would know the shepherd's voice and they would follow the shepherd. They trusted the shepherd. It's pretty clear that sheep are not the brightest animals on the planet. 
God used this metaphor for a reason. They're defenseless. They're not real smart. They get too close to things, and they can't defend themselves against a wolf. They just don't know how. God does. So sheep need shepherd. shepherds. We need the good shepherd, and he promises that whatever path, whatever righteous path we're walking on, when darkness comes around or there's some threat, he will use his staff and his rod to protect us. That brings us great comfort, and he will never leave us, and we don't have to live in fear. What a great truth that is that brings such incredible freedom. We have the Word of God. What's the Word of God for? It helps us understand the character of God. It's his revelation of himself to you and to me. It's the story of God's people through the Old Testament and how Jesus was the fulfillment of all the prophecies, that he was the Messiah that was prophesied to come. And he first came as a suffering servant to go to a cross to forgive our sin, that anyone that would place their faith in him could know God, right? He's the bridge to God. And then he was raised up in new life to go to the right hand of the Father, and he said he's coming back in great glory. So the second time he comes, when he comes back for those that love him, and to redeem his world, he comes back in great glory. He first came as a suffering servant to give us life and to pour his grace on us, to actually show us how to live in loving relationships when there's difficulty and darkness around us. He said if we would follow him because he's the light of the world, we don't have to walk in darkness. A lot of great promises, but it's about his leadership, it's about his protection, and his constancy in our life that we can bank on to know that God has promised this, this is who he is. It's not just what he does, it's who he is. By his very nature, he's going to always lead me on a righteous path for his namesake and glory. I don't have to live in fear. But let me pause and ask you, do you have any fears that you wrestle with in your life right now? Things that make you uncomfortable because you kind of know, I can't control it. I'm, I'm still going to try, but I don't think I'll be able to. Or you've just given up realizing I can't, not, but, but I, I, I kind of just have gotten used to thinking about the what ifs and when the other shoe drops and this and that. And what if the Lord rescued you from having to think that way a lot of the time? Don't think about what ifs with your health, what ifs with your child, what ifs with your spouse, what ifs with, you know, what's going to happen globally and all this. Just like God's got the future. He's, he reigns over this little globe, he reigns over the universe, but over this earth and its empires and its leaders and everything else. He's got a plan. He's coming back. He's going to give us what he promised, a new heaven and a new earth. He's going to redeem us in his world. Okay. I don't have to live in fear then. I don't have to be anxious in my mind always about what if and that could and she might and he will and play all that. I can actually just go moment by moment under the shepherding of my good shepherd who says, I have your needs in mind. I will lead you. I will protect you. I know the dark days, the hard times, the rough paths that are ahead because we all face them. Jesus said in this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. He overcame we just kind of get behind him. It's just like a great blocking fullback. Just get behind that dude busting through the line. And you're going to have some open green to run on, right? It's like Jesus did that work. Just get behind him. Trust him as the good shepherd who's out in front leading you. He knows what's coming. He holds his, your future. And he holds your life in his hands. 
if you'll let them. Again, some people are like, no, I'm going to do this myself. That's sad. It's sad to God that you wouldn't want to turn to him when he's so loving and forgiving and strong and wants to lead you and shepherd you so well. But that's his promise. He gives us peace and rest. He gives us leadership and protection. He gives us provision and his presence. That's verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Have you realized that God is always preparing things for you? He's always providing. You know that verse that says, all good gifts come from our Father of lights. Who's in heaven? The one who's created, who is the light of the world. He's the one that gives good gifts. And he's, as his children, because you've placed your faith in this great Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. You're called royalty. You're called the son or daughter of the King of Kings. Is he not going to take care of you? Of course he will. He promises to. He says good things in preparation, even good works for you to walk into, which is the really one of the greatest gifts of all because, you know, when you see God provide for you, you're like, oh, that's so cool. I had enough food this week. I had clothes this week. I had gas in my car this week. I had this home, and, I, and you realize all that. But then, you know, you could still, you see all that, and you could become still very inward and very self-focused. But you know what gets really fun where you go like, I'm giving so much, you know, it, it overflows. There's so much here that I actually should share it. In fact, this is fun to share. This is so much of an overflow. How could I just think I need it all for myself? And God said, well, you don't. I'm giving you the overflow so it can be shared so you can be a witness to other people of what I'm like. I'm a good and giving and gracious God, and I want you to be the overflow of those same qualities because you are my son. You're my daughter. So I'm going to give you the overflow. I'm going to anoint your head, and that anointing oil Back in the Old Testament, you know, it, was, it symbolized the presence of God, the blessing of God. In the New Testament, we see it describing, you know, the Holy Spirit. And so when you have the anointing of God, it's when you place your faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live in you so that you have the power and the strength to live like Christ. You don't do it perfectly. We won't do it perfectly until Christ returns. But you have the strength to attempt and to desire to not be angry and bitter all the time. You actually want to be gracious and forgiving. You just, it's hard though. And the Holy Spirit says, yes, but it's the right thing and reminds you of what the word teaches and gives you the strength to step out and you actually forgive and you go, wow, that feels so good. I never knew forgiving another person would feel so good. I thought what feeling good would be to keep punishing them and keep them away and stay angry at them. And you realize... Man, you're, you're the one that swallowed the poison of your own unforgiveness and it's hurting you. When you just believe his truth and you release it and you do it God's way, oh, it's very freeing. My heart's beating again. I actually have more love in my heart than I ever have because when he took the bitterness, he filled it with more of his love and then the overflow happens and that actually impacts your marriage and it impacts your ability to love other people in your life and your family and that guy at work, that neighbor that's a little <laughs> different than you that you might struggle with. He does provide, even in the presence of your enemies, even when you're feeling, I, I, I don't have this in myself. He says, no, don't worry. Through the Holy Spirit and my anointing in your life, I'm going to fill you to overflowing. And you know, in Genesis, we're reminded that the people of God were blessed. They were chosen as a people. 
to be blessed by God in order to be a light to the Gentiles and to be a blessing to all nations. They were blessed in order to be a blessing. So don't ever feel bad about, oh, well, God has given me so much. I don't, des- well, of course you don't deserve it. None of us do. I know, but it's so much. He's so good to me. I get to live in this country. I get to live. I have t- two cars. I, I even have a third car where I'm thinking of getting one and I have a bike and I have all this and I have, man, my family. And there's just, it's so good. How could I? He's giving you the overflowing cup for a reason. To impact other people. To let them see that you recognize it's the God who's given you all that you have in your life. It's the God who's changing your heart and filling it with love. It's the God who's literally changing the character, your character to become more and more like Christ. It's, it's God. And so the overflow comes so that you can be a blessing and share it with others. When you're around someone who understands the love of God and is experiencing it, they're very pleasant to be around, right? You know that yourself. (laughs) When you're feeling God's love and forgiveness and you feel like, man, it's a new day, man, clean slate. Some some of you look at each day like that or you look at the year there. It's like, I made a lot of mistakes, a lot of hardship. I don't don't want to repeat that. And And God says, no, it's forgiven. It's past. I don't hold that against you. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. He gives us grace. You feel like, wow, and... A gracious, loving person is fun to be around. They just are. Right? Of course. Now, we're not always that ourselves. We can recognize it in someone else. But what if we said, Lord, I want all of this shepherding so that my cup keeps overflowing, not for myself, but I get filled up in the process. So I guess it's a win-win, win-win-win-win-win, because everyone in my life gets to win if I'm winning in the Lord, if his grace and love is overflowing in me they get touched as well. It's a pretty awesome exponential kind of blessing. Blessed in order to be an exponential blessing. And it gets better. Verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. So he gives me peace and rest and leadership and protection, provision and presence. And then he says, you know what? Goodness and mercy is going to follow you around. It's going to mark you. It'll never leave you because I will never leave you. My goodness will always rest on you because I'm a good, giving God, and I always have been and always will be. And in my goodness, I even can learn, you know, teach you and discipline you and all that, but it's still out of goodness and love because every good father disciplines and corrects his children, right? So even the hardest stuff is still coming from this loving God. His goodness is providing everything that I need. His mercy, which is one way of translating that or defining that, is God withholding from us what our sins deserve. He doesn't do that. He instead gives me grace, not condemnation. Through Christ, we have forgiveness and mercy. So when people's expectations are so high, we realize, oh, we can't meet it. We can't keep performing. We, we're disappointing. We can't measure up. You just go, yeah, that's what the world says. But guess what? With God, Jesus is your measure. He's your measure. You're done. <laughs> that feel good to hear that? You're accepted by God. His mercy covers you. His goodness. His performance. Christ's perfect life and death and resurrection is your measure. You have all you need. And that follows you. That marks you. That's who you are as an identity in Christ. That is incredibly freeing. So how do you feel right now that you're extending his mercy? Is that something that you receive and recognize through him? That he gives that to you? And then do you kind of let it well up in your heart and your thanksgiving and your worship 
in your thoughts, so much so that you become a merciful person like God's merciful to you? See how natural that is? And even as all of that's happening, you're getting rest when you need it and peace always from him. You're working hard with the skills and the talents that he's given you, but he's filling you with this grace and strength, and you realize it's all coming from him. But it wells up, and it just splashes over on others, and the overflowing cup is your reality. And you have this anointing. It's this presence of God. And it's not about you and being better than anyone else. It's just literally being humble enough to just open yourself up to all of God's blessing so that you can be an exponential blesser of others. And to cap it all off, he says, guess what? You get life with me forever. That's the last verse. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. How, how long? Forever. I don't know about you, but I get excited when I think about God creating a new heaven and a new earth. When he takes sin and difficulty and heartache and war and famine and all of the crazy stuff people face and disease and he takes all of that sin and he, he, he's taken it, right, from this world. Those that love God gets welcomed into his presence forever. And yeah, those that don't, that have been their own God, separated from God, and there's punishment. And there's, that's a reality because we all want justice. If someone does something wrong and they hurt something, they should pay. They should. Well, yes, that comes from a God consciousness that we do believe a God of justice, that he'll set all things right one day. And he will be patient for that day. Be ready yourself by being in Christ for that day because you will face a holy and just God and so will everyone else. But we can be in Christ and obviously know we're forgiven, welcomed into his presence. But those that reject God, it's sad because God loves them so much. You know that verse, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son into the world, that those who believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. That's why Jesus came. That's why we celebrated Christmas, because he came for that purpose, not to condemn but to rescue and to give us eternal life, to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. John 10, 15. So in the Gospel of John, he's, Jesus is talking about his identity as the good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. He's laid it down. He's given his life so you can have life. And for all of eternity, that's why he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by him and through Christ. There aren't many ways. There's one way. There's one truth, one way, one person, and that's Christ. And we get to enjoy all the blessing of God, his good shepherding in our lives every day and for all eternity, all because of God's love. Doesn't that make you feel blessed to hear that? Don't you feel special right now? Don't you feel like, how could God do that for me? Like, who am I that God would do that for me? Who am I that he would even give me an opportunity to think these thoughts and understand that there was a God who created it all? Who am I that I would understand about Christ and understand he did it? Who am I to have all of this shepherding and blessing and provision and overflow? Who am I? You're his son or daughter if you want to be. And if you are, it comes naturally because his heart is full of love and grace and forgiveness. So the good shepherd, as a review, the good shepherd gives me peace and rest, leadership and protection, provision and presence, goodness and mercy, and everlasting life.
So we're going to spend some time right now just worshiping this great, great God and his son who is our good shepherd. So let's worship from that place and let's just talk to him right now in prayer. You know, God may be touching your, your heart right now and speaking to you. Just respond to him. Just respond knowing his grace and forgiveness. If he's calling you to come to know him today, to respond to his goodness and love, just say yes to that. If he's leading you down a path of righteousness because you've been kind of off path, if you will, right? Wandering as a sheep sometimes do to come back to him today and say, Lord, I want to be back under your good shepherding. I need your good shepherding. So whatever's on your heart, just talk to him right now and then we'll worship a little bit. Let's pray together. Father, we're so grateful that you made your heart clear to your people. You've given us your word. You've disclosed who you are and what you're like and how you work in your world and how you work in people's lives. Lord, you've documented all these people through the centuries that have walked with you and they were real and they had faults and they stumbled along and they made bad choices and they wandered off into sin and they did it all and and Jesus, that's exactly why you came, to rescue all people that would choose to be rescued. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for being a good shepherd, not a condemning shepherd. Thanks for being gracious and kind to us and all the time. Thank you, Lord. We don't have to power up. We have to humble ourselves before you. And it's your power that will establish our life and our future forever. God, thank you that I, at this very moment, can rest in who you are, in this green pasture of your love and kindness, by the still water of your mercy. And I can look full into your face and hear the words that I am loved. that's you today, just respond back to God. Just say, thank you, God, for loving me, for forgiving my sin. I want to have a relationship with you. And thank you, Jesus, that you paid for that sin for me so I could have this relationship with you, God. Thank you. Shepherd me now, Lord can't believe I actually get to walk with you under your leadership and direction and wisdom and strength and blessing. Thank you. Fill my life to overflowing, God, with your goodness. Protect me as I go, Lord, into this next year. Walk closely with me, Lord. I wander. I have this tendency to wander and trust myself. Thanks for calling me back even today. Help me trust you more. Love you more. Rely on you more. This day. And each day that you choose to give me in this new year. Offer your glory, Lord. I want to just live reflecting you and enjoying you. That's why I was created. 
to enjoy you, to know you, and to be fulfilled in this world. Just speak to him from your heart now and worship him.